exercise caution if they visit a popular woodlands walk in Pembrokeshire. Some residents have allegedly had altercations with a man at Gwenarth Woods, Little Milford, over rights of access. There were claims that footpaths were being blocked and signs taken down. Police released a statement on the matter saying it's a complex situation. David Powers Police has received several reports regarding a male person causing local walkers concern in Gwenarth Woods. Police are working closely with other agencies in order to find a timely solution to this complex matter. Meanwhile, the public are encouraged to exercise caution if they choose to visit this area to avoid confrontation and to report any matters to the police immediately. David Powers Police officers in Milford Haven are appealing for information regarding a burglary where more than £5,000 worth of jewellery was stolen. The burglary occurred at some time between Friday, September the 24th and Monday, October the 4th at a residential property in Bunkers Hill in the town. David Powers Police said, Anyone with information that could help officers with their investigation is asked to report it to David Powers Police, either online by emailing 101 at davidpowerspolice.com pnn.police.co.uk or by calling 101. Quote reference DP 202-11004-072. Alternatively, contact the independent charity Crime Stoppers anonymously by calling 0800-555-111 or visiting crimestoppers-uk.org. A teenager from Haverford West was banned from driving after being caught using his mobile phone at the wheel. 18-year-old Sean John of the town's Delapur Drive was caught in the centre of Haverford West on its high street using his phone while driving his Audi A3. The incident took place on June the 27th. John was found guilty under single justice procedure September the 30th. Sentenced on October the 18th at Haverford West Magistrate Court, John was disqualified from driving for 28 days. He was also fined £92. He will pay costs and a surcharge amounting to £124. The Welsh filming of a new version of the 1980s fantasy film Willow, starring actor Warwick Davis, has encountered some challenging conditions along our coastline this week. Cameras and crew were spotted battling heavy rain on Pendine Sands on Tuesday as they filmed shoreline scenes featuring a rider on horseback and a large vehicle, described by one watcher as a cross between a stagecoach, a boat and a sled. Warwick Davis has been filming in Wales for the Disney Plus miniseries all summer, with studio time at Dragon Studios Bridgend and local location shots reportedly at Tembe and Saundersfoot, as well as Pendine. The Harry Potter and Star Wars star has been spotted out and about on several occasions this summer, including at Saundersfoot, although he did not appear to feature in this week's shooting. Warwick is reprising his role in the original Willow film made in 1988, which he plays dwarf Willow Ofgood, who protects a baby named Elora Dunan from an evil queen, Jean Marsh. The new miniseries is being made by the Disney-owned Lucasfilm, where company executive Pembrokeshire-born Llynwen Brennan, who grew up in Penali, played a key role in negotiations with the Welsh Government to secure filming in Wales. And finally, in football, Haverford West County secured a 2-1 win over Kevin Druids on Saturday at the Oggie Bridge Meadow Stadium. That's it. You are up to date with the Pembrokeshire News with me, Kim Thomas. Follow Pure West Radio on Twitter at Pure West Radio.
Well, a very good evening and welcome to the second half on Pure West Sport, live on the Pure West Radio Facebook page, on our website and on your smart speakers this evening. And if you're just joining us, it's brilliant to have your company. I'm Ben Stone. Joining me as ever tonight, Gordon Thomas and Fraser Watson. And as ever, plenty to talk about. We'll be joined by Sue Davis from Whitland RFC. She'll tell us about a day to remember for the club as Mike Phillips capped 99 times by Wales and five times for the British and Irish Lions rolled back the years to turn out for his first club as they beat Aberystwyth on Saturday. And we'll also be carrying on the deb- a debate that we kicked off last week when Huel Gibbs joined us to talk about why he's in favour of Pembrokeshire cricket clubs extending the boundary rope somewhat and turning out in the South Wales leagues. We'll talk tonight to Paul Webb from the Pembroke County Cricket Club to get his views. We'll do some indoor cricket, local football, maybe some autumn internationals and a- of course a look back at what's happened across the sporting weekend and after Manchester United's thrashing let's check in on how Gordon Thomas is evening Gordon how are you I'm very good Ben I've had a good weekend actually Saturday was uh, very bright I went down to Haken versus Merlin's Bridge uh, to see the champions playing and uh, fair play they dispatched Merlin's Bridge quite comfortably and won 4-1 then I nipped down to the meadow to see Half West County playing against Kevin Druids when I got there they were 1-0 adrift and uh, there was a lot of moaning and groaning that uh, they were even saying, is Wayne Jones going to get the sack? And then all of a sudden, Jack Wilson turned it around. Two goals and one in the last minute to steal the, the, the points and, uh, more importantly, get three points on the board. And uh, hopefully the Bluebirds are going to be onwards and upwards. We'll talk and I didn't, about Hanford. I didn't mention Man United. I, I'm going to say we're going to, we'll, we'll talk a bit more about Hanford West County in a sec, but you're not getting off the hook that easily, Thomas. I tell, you, I tell you that much. What an amazing game, Fraser. I don't know if you watched it yesterday afternoon. But it was just one of those matches. As a neutral, just loved watching, thinking, "What on earth is happening here?" I, I did catch it actually. I, I um, worked early shifts on the weekend, so I got up to watching Davis Cardigan in, in the WIU Bowl on Saturday. And then I was keeping my eye on quite a few things yesterday, two games of IP, um, IPL, sorry, T20 World Cup cricket, the fo- uh, two games of football and the Grand Prix to get through. But no, I did have my eye actually on the, the first stage, the first hour, I think, of the United game. Incredible what was going on. It was actually 5-0 at that point, and Paul Pogba was just being sent off. And, and I nipped out for a run for 20 minutes and fully expected to come back to see it at 7 or 8. So I think from that point, Ford would probably have taken 5 mil when Pogba was walking off. But no, it's, it's you know, it's something we'll come on to a lot more in a minute. Now it's sparked a lot of talk, but mm. it happens at Wayne Swings and Roundabouts at the moment. It's Liverpool and Manchester City and Chelsea. You're way out ahead in the Premiership. And Gordon, it, it was it was a tremendous performance by Liverpool. There's, there's no doubt about it. To, to go to Old Trafford and and really rip Manchester United apart as they did it is is something, isn't it? And, and Mohamed Salah was just unplayable at times yesterday. Yeah, credit where credit is due. Liverpool were absolutely superb and they played brilliant football. Um, the naive, naive defending from Manchester United is a lot to be behold when you consider Maguire and Shaw are English internationals. And Lindelof, Sweden international, um, uh, Juan Bissaka, I don't know where he was on uh, on that afternoon, but he certainly wasn't playing. He, I think he was in the theatre of dreams in his own head. <laughs> but uh, no, um, we had a bigger defeat against you, you guys last season, Tottenham Hotspur 6-1, so it's, it happens every now and again. But I, I will agree, before anybody says it, Solskjaer is now under pressure. 
I think he's under pressure. Some some reports he, he might he might leave tonight. Fraser, have you got any inside track for us on that? Or do, do we think that might happen? It ha- it's certainly been some speculation in the last few hours that it might break this evening. Well, funny enough, I've been writing about the Glazer family just now, Ben. So if they are going to sack him, they're doing it from Dubai, which is the story I've been on, is they've been out there to try and purchase one of the extra two IPL teams that are being introduced next year, which haven't gone down well with Manchester United fans to see them react to a Liverpool win by doing that. Um, it won't surprise United fans to know they've messed that up. They haven't got one of the two teams that have gone to, to two other bits. But now, of course, he's, he's under huge pressure now. And I think United have all got to have a proper rethink about who they get in and on what they are, Ben. You know, are they a clever one, the biggest stars in the world or do they need a, re- a rebuild because I felt ever since Ferguson's gone they've been caught between the two you know and I think it's time now this has been a reality check if it wasn't known deep down already they are behind Manchester City they are behind Liverpool they are now behind Chelsea they're not title contenders you never say never in the Champions League we've seen teams surprising before but they're not in reality Champions League contenders the way they're looking mm. at the moment and it's now time to decide do they wipe the slate clean do they let an own man do his own thing rebuild from scratch and then give it years because you don't get that patience so much in football anymore but we've seen it perhaps with Jürgen Klopp and, and, and other individuals that it can pay off yeah, but so un- it's, it's- unbelievably Fraser Solskjaer's had nearly three years now and ever mm. since he spoke to you down the bridge meadow it's, it's gone from bad to worse <laughs> I think that was career high. <laughs> well, for you or for Ole? <laughs> I finished him off after that. Um, but no, you, you know, look, I, I think he will go after this. I think it'd be very hard to come back from a harrowing defeat like that. And he didn't lose the fans yesterday, but he won't lose it in terms of status, the club legend, and how much they love him. But in terms of their belief as a manager, I think they will. And I think this time we'll have to be ruthless and fired again, so to speak. There was, a, there was a lot made of the fans leaving the stadium and uh, I, being a Manchester United fan, I'm, I'm really disgusted by them, to be honest with you. You've got to stay with your team through thick and thin. Mm. You've got to take the glory years, the bad times. You've got to stick with the team for 90 minutes. Hang in there. This uh, is it is hard. It is hard. But, you know, that's, you've got to win, a smile when you win, smile when you lose. It's as simple this as that. And it's not... It's, get relegated. It's, yeah, exactly, you heard it before, Fraser. <laughs> this isn't a crisis. I've been through a crisis in the 70s when they did get relegated and mm. bounced back with Tommy Doherty. Well, let's see what happens. I agree. I, I've never understood leaving a football ground no. early. I, I don't think I've ever left a football ground early. I, I've arrived late sometimes. I've been stuck in traffic, but never, never left early. And, and yeah, Hopefully I think the bluebirds. However disappointing it gets, that's not not a good look. It was it really uh, yesterday? All those fans leaving. I think for the rest of the Premier League, the worry actually could be if Solskjaer does go, um, who comes in? Because I think a Conte or a, a Zidane would would love to get their hands on that squad because there's no doubt it's a good squad. There's some talented players, and I think with with maybe a slightly different coach, so they could actually turn it around quite quickly. I that think, would be the thing. I for think the, rest the problem of the is you just hit the nail on the head. Brilliant players, but they are not a team. <laughs> and that was evident. Too many individuals wasn't. not playing well, together. Listen, let us know what you think. Get involved on the Facebook page. Will, will Solskjaer last last the show? There's rumours he might he might be gone before nine o'clock. We, we shall see what happens. Let's talk about a few things locally then, a bit closer to home. Gordon, you you already mentioned the fact you were at the Bridge Meadow on Saturday. Uh, Hanford West did leave it late. Were big supporters of the Bluebirds, of course, and and that was an important win, wasn't it? It, it, it was vital. They beat Kevin Druids, I think, on Saturday. 
Yeah, it was very important. I mean, how could West were down in the bottom two? It was a, you know, it was a, a bottom two fight, dog fight. And uh, when they you went, mentioned the fact you were at the bridge, Meadow. when they went uh, behind, uh, you know, it was difficult uh, for Wayne because uh, he, had, to be fair, he had a weak be- a bench. Uh, mm. Tor Torre CC was mi- missing because of COVID, and the goalkeeper Gadger. So it was a good replacement in Lee Idsy mind to come in and uh, play in goal very experienced uh, the the goal they conceded was a bit of a scramble but territory and possession wise Halford West were always in control but it was a nervy last 20 minutes it wasn't until um, um, the last I think it was the 82nd minute when they equalised uh, it came from a corner and uh, the guy the skipper Reese, uh, Dylan Reese, headed in and it was going in the net I think but uh, Wilson made sure he got his knee to it and it went into the roof of the net there was a huge sense of relief once that goal had gone in you know and then you were expecting the Bluebirds to push on and possibly nick it and that's what they did Alric uh, Jones played a superb ball into the box in the 90th minute great feat by Jack Wilson great one touch beat a defender keeper went to ground and he just kept his composure and tucked it past him and relief all round the celebrations in the stands and, uh, it's the, and Wayne Jones was going delirious on the touchline as <laughs> That's well great for Wayne, so yeah, yeah it yeah. was a, it was a relief all round so hopefully Halford West have turned the corner but I think in January they're going to look at sort of bringing in a few players because they have lost a few players along the way mm. and they need to strengthen if they're yeah. going to stay in the Welsh Premier Okay, well, the show uh, will be going on the, the podcast page on the Pure West Radio website. You'll be able to hear Gordon's interview with Wayne Jones, the Hanford West County manager, after the game, that 2-1 win, thanks to Jack Wilson's goals. And Fraser, the games keep coming thick and fast on the Bridge Meadow as well. Uh, Cup tomorrow against Cardiff Met Union, and one eye really on Saturday, uh, where Newtown are the visitors in the, in the league, and they'll be looking for another victory, really, there, to, to get a little bit of a run going. Yeah, we go back to Daisy United. Uh, manager under pressure and then Gordon just making the joke about Wolvesy at the start there was was that Jack Wilson's Mark Robbins moment <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it was a vital turnaround but no the, the difference in that is huge you don't want to be losing to Kevin Drury who struggled throughout the, the pandemic season so to speak and struggled so far this year so to go you know, from potentially losing at home would have been a hammer blow to turn that round mm. in three points, give them a lot of momentum going into this week now. So, yeah, we keep saying it, Ben. You know, that's the thing about that league. You're a couple of wins from being away, talking top six and, and battling for European places, and you're a couple of defeats from, from looking at, you know, the relegation scrap. So they're still in that position at the moment, so another yeah. win would help. OK, we'll get some indoor cricket news in just a sec, but uh, just sticking with football, and, and Gordon, mm. you said you, you had a busy Saturday, didn't you? And I think you uh, took in the Haken United match as well. They had a 4-1 win over <laughs> Merlin's Bridge yeah, on I, Saturday. Yeah, I popped to the Orbs on Saturday to see Haken take on the bridge. Uh, big arch rivals, Haken, the bridge, a lot of history between them. But to be fair, Haken are a very good, uh, talented football inside, and uh, they they it was goalless at half time, but in the second half, uh, Haken uh, got their noses in front, and it was always an uphill task for the bridge to get anything from it. But uh, it brings us on to this Saturday. Haken mm. travelled to Goodick, 
who they beat in the FAW early in the season. Uh, Goodick uh, currently uh, unbeaten in the league, uh, only conceded three goals, and two of them were on Saturday yeah. when they beat Fishguard 7-2 on Saturday. So um, that that's going to be... Um, a great game to watch on Saturday afternoon. If if you want to see a decent game of football, get yourself down to Phoenix Park, 2.30, because they're the two best sides in the Premier League. And I don't mean to be disrespectful to any of the other sides, but I'm afraid it's already looking like a two-horse race for the title. That'll be interesting on Saturday then, Fraser, won't it? And, and, and Gordon's right there. Goodick uh, much conceded to at the weekend, but they stuck seven in Fishguard's net to sound a bit of a warning, really, for, for this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And you don't want to be at this stage talking about a two-horse race for the title, but you've got to be react- have to look at reality here. Merlin's Bridge, who perhaps would have been perceived to the closest to the challenges of taking heavy beatings off both. It's looking like Aiken Goodick already. And it's Goodick, actually, although they played two games more, eight points ahead. So you look at them, they win that game Saturday, it's an 11-point lead. And that is quite a sizable difference. In a league where in a season where I don't expect men, that either of those two sides to drop many points. So I think it's actually on paper a bigger game for Haken than it is for Goodick. It's very hard to make up that deficit even when you have games in hand because as Gordon well knows, you get to a point in temperature at the end of the season, they come thick and fast. You're sometimes yeah. playing two, three a week and it's hard to maintain wins week in, week out. So it's a crucial one and I think it's probably more crucial for Haken than it is for Goodick right now. Okay, uh, we're going to go rugby as well when we uh, look at how Mike Phillips impacted that win for Whitland. Sue Davis going to join us in a sec. Uh, Indoor cricket in Nayland, though. Fraser, we wonder whether you might get call-up this evening for Sam Ryan. Uh, Looking doubtful after tonight's result. (laughs) I don't think I'm ever getting a call-up at this rate, mate. They've just gone three out of three against Pembroke Dock. They chased down 111 for only two wickets down. So, yeah, that's a three out of three for them. I think along with Nayland Day, I think still the only unbeaten side. And then yesterday was a good day. Just got the B results here as well. The rebranded Hundleton Hurricanes, 112 for three. <laughs> Beating Pembroke Dock B were 100 for five. Nayland C, 74 all out. Lost to the uh, the cricket Pembroke veterans, who were 76 for three. Still running about in an indoor, those boys. And then Halford West, 73 for five in a rearranged day game. Lost to Nayland B, 74 for three. So, yeah, league still going strong again. Yeah, we've got Narbeth, Halford West, probably just about to finish if it hasn't finished That's already. Right, yeah. And then it's the Nayland Derby, isn't it? At 8.30 this evening, which is the, the A team against the, the B team, which will be an interesting one. So we'll see if we can get some news on, on that one before we finish as well. I have to hold my hands up. I forgot to do my fantasy cricket team again this week. Oh, I you're in trouble now. No, you're out of contention. You're no, in trouble now. I'm in big trouble. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm left, I think, with the, the lad from Hundleton who I captained last week. I think he's my skipper again. Did he play yeah. yesterday? He did. Good he player, played ben. very well, actually. You should have, uh, uh, you know, had your points on him yesterday. He would have. Uh, he batted well yesterday. I'll, I'll maybe, maybe get away with it. How did he go? Do we know, Fraser? Did he get any runs? Yeah, he did. Thirty odd. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I might, I might dig myself out of a hole then this week. Let, mm. Let's see what happens. All right, we'll talk rugby then in a few moments' time, and with Mike Phillips rolling back the years, let's also going to get you two to get your thinking caps on just about some sort of like legends who you've seen play sport in Pembrokeshire. So I, I, I thought of like with Mike Phillips playing for Whitland, you could have Lee Trundle at, at Haverford West County. Mm. Just put your thinking caps on if you, you can think of any legends who've rolled. I've back got the years. one I played with. 
Locally. Okay, you hold, hold that for now, Gordon Fraser. You, you can get thinking as well, uh, and we'll have some of those. And Fraser before. knows who I'm going to say. <laughs> Fraser, you can do one as well. And any other examples uh, of when you've seen legends roll back the years? Thirty-nine-year-old uh, Mike Phillips turning out for Whitland. We'll talk to uh, Sue Davis from Whitland RFC in just a few moments to reflect on what a, a really good Saturday that was. Uh, a really good crowd there, and Whitland got the win as well. So we'll do that in a few moments' time, right here for Monday evening on Pure West Sport. Join us every Monday evening on the weekly Pure West Sports show with Pembrokeshire Properties. All the very latest sports news from around the county as well as views, guests and gossip from our award-winning panel. Join us every Monday between 7 and 9pm. Pure West Sport, proudly sponsored by Pembrokeshire Properties. Buy or sell your next house with a truly local, fast-growing property agent. Pembrokeshire Properties, welcome home. At KO Carpets, you know quality is assured. We've been your local family-run business for over 40 years. We're widely recognised as Pembrokes' leading supplier of domestic and contract flooring. We provide full end-to-end service, free measures and estimates, free delivery and free fitting by our professional team of highly skilled fitters. Come and see us at Vine Road, Johnston, or drop us an email, sales at kocarpets.com. We're a knockout at flooring. Some things in life can be a bit of a conundrum and seem to be more trouble than they're worth. But listening to digital radio shouldn't be one of them. Here's a good one. What's so smart about listening on a smart speaker? Well, the answer is actually quite clever. It's a speaker you can talk to, so you can just ask it for your favourite radio shows. Request a station or programme by name and you'll get the live broadcast or the most recent episode. There's no searching by frequency and you can cook in the kitchen or dance doing the housework to whatever you've asked your speaker to play. Quite smart for a speaker. Find out more at getdigitalradio.com. Love radio. Go digital. This is Pure West Radio.
Welcome back. It's Pure West Sport for a Monday evening with Pembrokeshire Properties. Really good to have your company uh, this evening, this Monday night, coming up to 25 past eight. And it was a really uh, big day for Whitland, wasn't it, on Saturday? They beat Aberystwyth, but it was uh, all about the return of Mike Phillips turning out for for Whitland at the age of 39. And it, it was some occasion. And we're going to get Fraser and Gordon to to name those, those days where they've seen some legends rolling back the years. So we'll do that in a few moments. But let's say a very good evening to Sue Davis from Whitland RFC to, to talk to us all about Saturday. Uh, Sue, how are you? Really good to have your company. Very good, thank you. Everybody else okay? We're yeah, we're all good, Sue. Yeah. Not, as tired as, not as tired as you are. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good place to start, Sue. So t- tell us about how it all came about with, with Mike returning to Whitland and then what Saturday was like. Uh, it came about by Paul Kirk just making a very, an aside sort of comment um, when he sort of said, I want to come, I want to do my book launch in Whitland. And uh, Paul said, well, you might as well put your, might as well put your kit back on then. <laughs> Not even, not, e- not even thinking that he would take up the offer. But he did. And it was a wonderful day. He was obviously really well received. And, oh, and, and, and the standing ovation when he came off was fantastic. But just, just talk to us about the build-up, because you had, you had a, a really big crowd there. You must have had to do some extra preparations for that behind yeah. the scenes. Uh, what would the club be without volunteers? That's all I have to say. Everybody, yeah. everybody worked hard from the juniors through to the seniors, uh, all the committee. Uh, it was all hands on deck and every, everybody worked well. Fair play. Even even to the likes of good old Iris Harris coming back in to help doing the food down in the club afterwards. It was it was a fantastic day. And thank you very much to all the volunteers. So it was a nice thing as well. That obviously, it wasn't just about Mike dropping out into the field or what he might have brought to the team or brought in a crowd or whatever. I could see that I think the youngsters were there as mascots to lead the side out. They embraced it as well. It involved the ladies' side as well. And, and I have seen since that he's been out in the, in the community of Whitland and at certain businesses having photos and promoting them. So it was something we mentioned a bit further, didn't it, than just on the rugby field. It's something that the whole community was able to embrace and it was a nice, looked a really nice occasion. Oh, definitely. And let's be honest, and I'm not being rude to the children that were there, but they never saw Mike Phillips playing international mm. rugby at all. It's just because if you walk into the lounge in the rugby club, as you know, Fraser, there's a whole wall dedicated to him. So Yes, yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah. It was nice for them to see the person behind the photos. And he was very, very good with the kids. I will say that. Yeah. I forget what he was like with the kids. What was his on-field impact? That's one thing oh. we haven't heard a lot about. Yeah. Oh, hey, he... You know, he was a bit bit slow to start. He is 39 at the end of the day. Uh, was, uh, long legs took a bit of time to get going. But, <laughs> but, but, he always did wind up a lot. The <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I will say he behaved. Mm. <laughs> so, Fraser was expecting him to have a yellow card in the first ten minutes. Oh, no, the I old think, fiery I, Mike Phillips was back. No, 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 I don't know. I think he was just... Enjoying, enjoying being out on the pitch. In the great in this, sti- sorry, phrase. Go on, go on, go on. I just say I was disappointed neither him or Di Ebsworth uh, were off early. I, oh, I he, and he behaved as well. <laughs> Sorry, God, go ahead. Yeah, go on, go on. integrating this day in a Sue that a superstar like Mike Phillips has come back to his grassroots club and actually turned up, in, like you just said, in front of kids who've never ever seen him play, mm. but they know he's a big household name. Uh, it's something for the whole town to get get behind, and you certainly did do that on Saturday. Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, 
everybody, you know, everybody got behind us. As you say, the whole of Richland got behind us. And I think everybody gained as well because the rugby club can only take so many people in the bar. Yeah. So they must have gone somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> It's really good. What, what about for the, his teammates that, that turned out? Obviously, it was great for it was great for the people watching and supporters. But I imagine the Whitland team were buzzing about the opportunity to play with someone who's played ninety nine times for Wales and, and five times for the Lions. It doesn't come around every Saturday, does it? Uh, well, no, very much so. Um, as Mark Jones put on his Facebook account, I get to play with my childhood idol, <laughs> and, he, and he's the captain of the side. There's a lovely photo of him and Mike together. And he says, not every day you get a captain aside with a British lion in it. You know, it's, no. it's something that's going to be in everybody's memory. I don't know if you Tell can you squash this rumour, Sue. Uh, I, I hear, I don't know if it's true or not, but Scott Williams, Jonathan uh, Davis <laughs> and maybe Cubby may sign up next season. You being team manager, manager can you confirm that? <laughs> uh, I I'd better ask my daughter first, I? Yes, yeah. One thing I would ask, Sue, I know obviously Mike 99 international caps played for regions, played England and France, and he's probably heard a thing or two in dressing rooms, but I bet you've never heard so many swear words as when Mills started giving a team talk. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. No. You know, our sort of, we got a pretty young side this year, as you were aware. Yes. As you were aware. And uh, I think they were all sort of a bit in, in awe of him yeah. to begin with, but he had been in training, so they knew what he was like. Yeah. And it, no, he just, he just, well, he shone, but the whole team shone as well. And of I course. That having the whole, that crowd there yeah. definitely pushed the team on. And yeah. there's a lovely, um, there's a lovely poster actually put up by Avarice with Rugby Club, then you guys saw yeah, exactly it was brilliant. Phillips versus Thomas yes. with the two scrum halves, 93 caps for Wales, six caps for Lions, one winning test series. Thomas works for dad, two seasons for the first, nippy at the base. How did Avarice respond to him playing? Because we can oh, see. Yeah. It, it was a day for them as well, wasn't it? Sure. And, it, and it, they, stay, they did stay on and enjoyed it in the yeah. clubhouse afterwards. So it was, it was a day for both teams. And a good win, of course, Sue. Did that yes. Yeah, yeah. We're, I think we're joint top now, are we? You I could believe. possibly be top. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. You're yeah. not. You're not used to being bottom in Whitland, that's for sure. Sue. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Obviously, he, um, Mike was with Whitland as a young player. Maybe a question as well for Fraser, because I know you you played with Mike when he was younger as well. W- was it evident from a young age that he was going to be a really top player? Fraser and C was it was it quite clear and, and, and are, you, are you surprised with how, how far he went in the game I mean I, I played him at under 21 level and then it on and off a bit semi-pro and I funnily enough he, had, he was already training with the first team by the time I arrived and it's already knew that he was tip, you know for big things but it, originally it was almost hard to predict him going too far not because of a lack of ability but because we spoke to about this when he came on the show we spoke with him because he was just so unconventional for a scrum half. He was tall, as Sue was alluded to. He did have this big wide-up. He played a much more robust game than any of the international scrum halves at the time. But then, you know, you, you tend to pick up potential past performance, don't you, in, in, in big games. And he would always perform in big games. And, and that, for me, was the first real sign that he was going to go far. And he did. You know, he never disappointed. He he rose quite rapidly. He then ousted Dwayne Pitt. He actually left the Scars to, to get more first team rugby because he was behind Dwayne Pitt. But then, Ironically, ended up ousting Dwayne Peel from the Welsh setup. So yeah, the 
I mean, the aggression certainly always there, and the ability was too. And and he cast aside all doubt so that his stature wasn't right for a scrum half as well. So Suzanne will probably give you a better insight when he's even younger than that now. But the good, the good old Roy Newton always told him that he was going to go over better things. And when Roy Newton t- told you that, you knew that he, that yeah. Yeah, yeah. you were you were meant for better things. Yes, the flanker in those days, eh, Suzanne? Eh. He's a flanker in those days. He was a flanker, yes, he was a yeah. flanker. Yeah. Wow. And, and Sue, so how, how are things generally at the club? Obviously, we, we've we've spoken to, to clubs across Pembrokeshire in the last year that we've been doing the show, and it, it's been a difficult last year, there's no doubt about it. And the, the thing's still going okay at Whitland, I imagine it has been challenging. Oh, it's been very challenging, um, both with the with the first and with the ladies as well. It's just been a big D season. You, you haven't been able to get any flow into the season. Boys haven't really been in, well, yes, they want to play the likes of Milford and um, St. Davies and, and people like that. Yes, they want to play them, but they, they want to play league rugby, you know. Yeah. But um, as with the ladies, well, we all know what that's like, but we'll go there. But <laughs> I, I, I was actually going to go there a bit, Sue, because I um, I know we know the problems in Welsh women's rugby. We haven't got enough time to go into all of that now, of course, but... The, um, I noticed the ladies' team are playing. It's very much a rebuilt team, isn't it? Like oh. a back to, to basis, uh, ladies' side. But is it, is it a progressive side? Is it one that you can see coming together in the next few years? Oh, very much so. Um, I can see now my sort of my uh, work with the 15s and 18s is now progressing through into the ladies because my average sure. age, average age this year is 22. Right, well, that's really young. Yeah. yeah. So you know we're. Playing some good rugby, we still got good old Nat Walsh at the at the helm. Yeah, um, you know we got forty two. Yeah, hey, don't tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> you wait until she sees you next time. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but, uh, you know you've got you still got to have a few old heads about them, you because they're the ones that yeah. know exactly what's going on. Yeah, and the youngsters are, are are all good, and I mean now they are all good, but you know social life mm. comes yeah. in the way sometimes, but. We like to try and play on a Friday night if we can, yeah. and that gives the gives yeah. girls the weekend yeah. to enjoy themselves. But our side is mostly in university, so getting them home is another problem. Yeah, yeah. of course. Okay, well, listen, we should say um, Mike Phillips is going to be in Haverford West actually on uh, Wednesday in the Victoria Bookshop. He'll be signing his new book, so that's from three o'clock. Uh, people can go down and, and see that. Um, Sue, so thank you ever so much for, for t- talking to us all about it. The pictures are absolutely brilliant. I, I should ask, you had a legend playing for Whitland at the weekend. Fraser and Gordon, what, what about other times we've seen legends roll back the years in, in Pembrokeshire? Who have you got for us, Gordon? Oh, well... Uh... Sue will remember him, but uh, I played alongside uh, another British lion, Peter Morgan, when he was at Halford West. He, ca- he came back from injury <laughs> with Nettley, and uh, Peter played down in Nayland, and he had a bit of a drook in that day, if you don't mind me saying. And I said to him, God, get back to Flanetley, the games are a lot easier there, mate. <laughs> and he, he just took it in his stride and said, I think you're right. And he went back. Well, that's a good one. So Gordon actually played alongside a, a, a British lion there. And of course, like with, with regional rugby, you'll sometimes see um, Scarlet's players play for some of, some of the clubs as well. Fraser, have you got any for us? Yeah, quite actually quite close to home. This one as well, we're playing actually forward and Whitland playing in, um, in Division 1 back then. We've just gone down from the Championship Division 1, I think, playing against Ammonford. And, and Tal Selly, who obviously we know is a, the mm. Welsh World Cup 7s winner and, and he played, I think, 
first player to play for all four regions at the Welsh Cup, actually playing in the centre for Ammonford towards the end of his career, very much not quite out of the mic up until he'd come back to um, to play for his yeah. local club but he was one who, who came back into the game and then incredibly randomly this one switching sports slightly I was playing club football out in Australia and Craig Foster former premiership football for Palace was playing for Waverley I didn't know who he was at the time I looked him up on, I looked him up on Google afterwards and he was voted as Crystal Palace's worst ever premiership player so. <laughs> and I wonder if he googled you Fraser I wonder if he googled you afterwards oh, we've got a few coming in actually Jason Chapman says ex-professionals Alan Curtis and Gary Emmanuel playing for Haverford West County uh, Ricky Evans ex-Welsh prop turning out for Cardigan and yeah. uh, you can go back later and, and the great late Frank Donovan playing for Pembroke Borough that was after playing in the Olympic Games um, also Sadie says it was a fantastic day um, in Whitland on Saturday Ken Davis also saying the same Saturday was great well done to to all involved it, it sounds like it was a big success Sue, that you can be really proud oh, of yeah. very, very, very just like you're proud of Mike Phillips yeah it's, it's part of our remit as a community club isn't it to make sure yeah. that that anybody that's good enough gets the opportunity to go out and do what they've got to do to, to, to play for Wales you know we haven't done too bad You've done very well, so not done bad at all. Very well. You know what we've done well with the ladies as well. We've got what? Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. Six or seven internationals there as well. Yeah. So you know, it's it, it, for a little club. We're not a big catchment area. It, it, I think we we we. Really yeah, it's amazing. Well done to Whitland, yeah. everybody at Whitland. Well done. Great stuff. And well done on Saturday. Thank you, Sue, for being with us on the show this evening. We are going to take a moment on Pure West Sport and we're going to finish off by talking Pembrokeshire cricket before nine o'clock right here Monday evening on Pure West Radio. Introducing MyPems, the online marketplace for independent sellers in Pembrokeshire. Looking to take the hassle out of marketing and selling your products online? Want to reach new audiences or customers whilst being part of a bigger community of local businesses and retailers? Then check out mypems.com. We're only a click away and could be the answer to taking the stress out of selling your products online. So whether you're a shop, an independent artist or maker, connect direct with customers and join a growing movement looking to buy locally at MyPems. For the perfect solution, contact Lillian and the team at mypems.com. That Change for Life is all about small changes to help make us and our families healthier. Like, a lot of food contains more sugar than you might think, and eating too much can make us put on weight, which may lead to heart disease, type 2 diabetes and even cancer. Making sugar swaps is a great way to stay healthy, and it's so simple. Instead of sweets, swap them for fruit. And for fizzy drinks, try no added sugar or sugar-free ones. Just check the label. It's easy to be food smart. For more help with sugar swaps, search Change for Life online. Castle Hot Tubs are Wales's largest multi-award-winning wellness company based right here in Pembrokeshire, offering luxury hot tubs and swim spas to suit every need and budget. Check out their Pembrokeshire range of hot tubs inspired by the beautiful beaches and coastline of our county at castlehottubs.co.uk. A warm welcome awaits at the new showroom on Vine Road in Johnston. Want to win a hot tub for a week? Tune into Pure West Radio every weekday morning 
morning at 10.45 and play Who's in the Hot Tub for your chance to win Castle Hot Tubs, the friendly company, big enough to cope, small enough to care. Get into Pure West Radio. I don't want to be the girl who laughs the loudest Or the girl who never wants to be alone I'm the only one you know in the world that won't be home
So now I'm up in the courts, pleading my case on the witness box. Telling the judge and the jury the same thing that I said to the cops. On the day that I got arrested, I'm innocent, I protested. She just feels rejected. Had a heart broken by someone she's obsessed with. Cause she likes the sound of my music. She makes her a fan of my music. So why love goes down, it's a losing. Cause she can't separate the man from the music. And I'm saying all this in the stand. When my girl cries tears in the gallery, this has got bigger than I ever could have planned. Like that song by the Zootons Valerie. So the jury don't look like the buying it. This is making me nervous Arms crossed through face like I'm trying it The eyes fixed on me like a murderer's Don't wanna lock me up Or throw away the key Don't wanna send me down Even though I told them she Plan B, and she said on Pure West Radio, Monday evening, it's Pure West Sport with Pembrokeshire Properties. Uh, really good to have your company this evening. We're hoping to talk cricket with Paul Webb from the Pembroke County Cricket Club, but one or two technical problems are getting Paul on the show right now. So we can't do that this evening. We'll get that sorted and uh, we will certainly pick up that debate with Paul on the show uh, next Monday so we really want to have that debate about Pembrokeshire Cricket Club so we'll, we'll get that uh, sorted but uh, Fraser and, and Gordon how good was that to talk to Sue about uh, Whitland's big day on, on Saturday and and she's right that the amount of work behind the scenes that would have gone into that is a, a credit isn't it to everyone at Whitland RFC yeah it's huge isn't it the community has really come together and fair play to Mike Phillips who came on the show only a couple of weeks ago going back to his grassroots club and I'm giving you know putting something back there you know he's a big household name and obviously there was a lot of people turned out and Sue explained that behind the scenes everybody worked well hard to get the the event going he managed to play for Whitland for 65 minutes was great you know great effort he's 39 years of age and they'll be talking that for decades to come the legend British Lions played for Whitland you know and it's fantastic it's great to see at grassroots level finished 26 17 which is a good job Aberystwyth made a game of it though Fraser uh, so Whitland will have been pleased they got over the line and got the win yeah it was actually a good win for them Aberystwyth in very good form Whitland started this this play competition very slowly playing a few youngsters, lost, I think, at Fishguard first up and then picked up. So it was actually billed as a very tough game from Saturday. Aberystwyth looked very good all season, got a very tidy back line. But, um, yeah, they were obviously stymied and, you know, the big crowd there would have lifted with them, like, like Sue, Sue said. But overall, like you say, I think it was just a big occasion for grassroots rugby, wasn't it? And both sides, I think, got a lot of help, which is great. Yeah, excellent stuff. That, that was really good and nice to hear from, from Sue on the show. Uh, let's just get a quick update, Fraser, from the indoor cricket game that, that's been going on whilst we've been on the air. What, what's happened this evening? Yeah, so the first win, actually, for Halford West, Ben, had a, had a tough time so far in this indoor competition. But now they've gone out, I think, 128 for five tonight against Narbeth, who have succumbed, I think, to 110 all out by the looks of the year, or 110 for four. So Halford West up and running, they're off the board. 
So okay. now it's uh, ongoing. Is Nayland Day versus Nayland B? The Nayland Derby, of course, going on right <laughs> yeah. now. So uh, that was the eight thirty starts. So we'll we'll see how that goes. And, and the Indoor Cricket League on Twitter uh, has all the results. And PembrokeshireSport.co.uk, of course, uh, for match reports from the Indoor League. Um, let's turn our attention to the Autumn Internationals because uh, Wales are in action against the All Blacks in Cardiff um, this Saturday. And, and Gordon, talk about straight back to it with a game against New Zealand. It's going to be a big one, isn't it, for Wales? Yeah, it's always a big game against New Zealand, isn't it? It's whether we're going to be competitive or not. That's the big question. You know, the Wales haven't beaten the All Blacks since 1953. Uh, I, I'm sure you can remember that, Ben. But uh, <laughs> it was before I was born, mate. Uh, no, all jokes aside, it's going to be a tough ask for Wales to get anything from it, it's a, a new squad uh, with a few old heads. Um, Pivik has got a lot of players that have been injured as well who are going to be missing. But you've uh, been naming his squad this week to face the All Blacks, and let's hope, as I just said, that they're competitive and and do a decent job and not get steamrolled by the All Blacks. Mm. It's going to be a big occasion. And Fraser, if you rewind. Um, this time last year it was a it was a difficult time we, we were in lockdown so the autumn internationals were, were played fully behind closed doors but on this show in particular we spoke quite a bit about Wayne Pivak didn't we and mm. the performances in Wales I think at the end of the autumn internationals we we were pre- we weren't sure whether he was going to see, see it through really whether he'd still be the Wales head coach um, by the time the Six Nations came along Gordon smiling because I think Gordon was the one person on the show who, who really gave Pivak the backing and said we need to stick with him uh, wh- where do we where do we stand now obviously he's got some credit on the back of the Six Nations um, Gordon talks about his squad selection Alex Cuthbert back in for the first time since 2017 do, do you feel Pivak's got that strategy and direction for the Wales side now going into these difficult awesome games I don't think we can read much into Saturday, do we? Because I think it's inside, outside of the, the international window, isn't it? So I think it's, it's right. English and French-based players won't be available. Wales won't be at full tilt to play the All Blacks. And I can't see him really competing with the All Blacks as well. I mean, this will be a test. I think there's still such a lot of almost disparity about, about where Wales are at at the moment. We saw that good Six Nations performance. It's, we've still got a couple of years now to the World Cup. And, and you know, we're going in with... with in some respect, a very ageing side, but he has brought some youngsters in as well. It's interesting to see the recalls of Cuthbert and Priestland. In a way, that's good. He hasn't shut the door on people who, who maybe thought their international careers were over. But I think he's very much still work in progress, Ben. I don't think these next three or four weeks will define them. I think partly that is it's so disjointed with injuries, with this fixture outside the international window, with everything that's going on. But I think it's just about progress and making steps forward, obviously. But he will want to compete as well. And, and you know, we don't want to just come out of these next four weeks with a singular win over Fiji either. So certainly one of the latter two um, Southern Hemisphere games, you want to get a win on the board. It's interesting you pick out Cuthbert and Priestland and Gordon, one of the things you were saying last last year and in the Six Nations was that it was good to see Pavak looking at some of the next generation and we saw um, Reese Samet make a real impression in the Six Nations. Does it surprise you a bit then that he has gone back to a couple of players who haven't been around on the international scene for a while? Is he going back on what he started to do earlier on in the year? No, he's been forced into it, Ben, let's be honest. There's uh, some top players that are out with some serious injuries so he, he don't want to throw any kids in against uh, New Zealand to be 
honest with you, for them to get mauled and their international career will be over before they start. So he's going back to some players who were tried and tested. Uh, Cuthbert is one, Priestland is another, and uh, they will probably play uh, in, in the games against the All Blacks because they have experience at that level, and that will help Wales through this period. It's all about building momentum, it is, as well, Ben. You know, uh, Pivak is an old hand of that. He knows this isn't the Holy Grail over the Autumn Internationals. The Six Nations is the important part of the season. So he's hoping that he can get through the Autumn International, try in a few old heads with a, a blend of a couple of youngsters, uh, and then see where we go. We've we got South Africa after this as well. So, you know, they're all tough tests, Australia and Fiji. They're all going to be very, very competitive games, but we just want to see Wales, uh, you know, competing and, and doing well and hopefully get a win along the way will be a bonus. Yeah, tough games, Fraser. Gordon's quite right to say that. What's a good autumn series look like for, for Wales, bearing in mind, as you've said, this first game, and it, it, this is a, a huge frustration, I would have thought, everyone involved, where you can't pick your best team to play against the All Blacks. But what is a, what is a good autumn series look like for Wales, do you think? Well, the good series, and I won't be too popular saying this, the first bit of the good series is the financial deal struck with Amazon Prime, Ben, which unfortunately denies it being on free-to-air, which hasn't gone down well, but it's a huge financial boost. The WU at a time, they desperately need it, and they had to do a deal with the devil on that front. So from that side, commercially, they have the good side, and with the All Blacks game selling out and tickets going well as well. But in terms of performances, I think, and results, I think a win over Fiji would be fully expected, of course, and perhaps one of either Australia and South Africa. I'm not expecting much Saturdays in New Okay, well, let's see who, how, how that warmed goes. up with 100 points on USA on Saturday. Yeah. Well out in it's, it's going to be interesting, Cardiff. I was talking to my neighbour who's going to the game, and there's going to be all sorts of protocols in place. They, mm. all, all the tickets are digital. You, you need a, a COVID pass to, to be able um, to, yeah. to go to the game. But I think for people who, who do do all that and, and go, Gordon, it'll, it'll be a, quite a special atmosphere, I think, in Cardiff, won't it, for crowds to be back watching Wales again? Yeah, it's always special to be at uh, the, the national stage. Stadium, Millennium Stadium, Principality Stadium, whatever they call the stadium, Arms <laughs> Park. It's a special place at Cardiff, isn't it? Let's be honest. On International Day, it singing is. the anthem, the crowd getting behind the boys, you know, the hair stands up on the back of your neck. You really, really are part of the, uh, uh, you know, the journey when you're there. And, it, and you've got to show a lot of passion out there as well. And the boys will, whoever puts the red jersey on with the three feathers, will give 110%. And I just hope, as I just spelt out, they've got to compete against the All Blacks. And, uh, you know, we could, we're playing the best sides in the world in this autumn series. South Africa are the world champions. You've got Australia as well, and obviously the All Blacks and Fiji, who are just below that uh, parapet. But it's it's a big one. It's all big games, and let's hope Wales perform. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting autumn series, no doubt about it. Uh, one other thing just to, to mention that, that broke today, Fraser, you might have had your eye on this. Ben Stokes added yes. to the Ashes squad for... for England. I'm looking forward to the the Ashes series. And how is that is going that? ahead now, then, Ben? Well, I think it will. I think it will now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's good to see Stokes in there, but it's going to be mightily difficult. His presence, Fraser, I think, gives England slightly more hope. Huge boost, Ben. Huge boost. I looked at their original squad going in. I thought it was light. I thought it was light on form and it was light on what they need to win out in Australia. He brings that, doesn't he? he brings things with bat and ball. You know, we've, he's proven before. He's a match winner. How? 
long it'll take him to get up to speed will be interesting because he's been out with, with certain mental health struggles and with finger injury as well and he's only just picked up a bat for the first time in weeks it's important to uh, it's yeah. important not to forget that either but no just his presence is a huge boost so I'm, I'm not going to say I'm fully confident of bringing the Ian home but um, <laughs> no. I'm more confident with Stokes there than I was beforehand that's for sure I'll look forward to talking about it on the show but I mm. think it's going to be a really difficult Ashes series I, I I don't have much confidence that we're going to do it out there but such a good occasion having someone like Stokes out there is going to make a huge difference it's uh, been a good show this evening uh, Paul Webb will hope to get on next week we were going to talk Pembrokeshire cricket so we'll we'll tie that up for next week which will, will be really good Hanford West County don't forget two home games to come uh, Cardiff met tomorrow that's a cup match Gordon isn't it it is the Nathaniel Cup it's the quarter final as well Ben Excellent stuff. And then Newtown on Saturday. That's a 2.30 start. Big football in Pembrokeshire next weekend as well. Uh, it seems like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer survived. Gordon, he survived the show. Anyway. It's all quiet in Manchester. It's, <laughs> it has been. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and you know you know the next game for Man U, Gordon. It's next Sunday. We'll look forward to talking Saturday. that on Monday because you give us a right old hiding, 6-1. Sat- and then we Saturday. went back up there and beat you. So it's going to be interesting. Saturday 5.30, so I would say if United can keep Solskjaer in post ahead of Saturday, that, that will do nice. You'll be one happy man. <laughs> I think we take that. We'll, we'll see how it goes. United surely can't defend that badly two games on the trot, though. Uh, I think they could. <laughs> we shall see what happens. Well, listen, Fraser, Gordon, enjoyed your company. Uh, don't forget that we'll put the uh, show on the podcast page on the Pure West Radio Facebook page. And the first hour in particular this evening, packed with guests, have for West manager Wayne Jones. We've got local football in there, equestrian as well, covered by Fraser. So do check that out on the Pure West Radio Facebook page. That's going to be on there again soon. Uh, we will be back next Monday with Pembrokeshire Properties from Seven. We'll see you then. It's back-to-back with Ronnie J and Steve Parsons next for Monday evening on Pure West. This is Pure West Radio for Pembrokeshire from Pembrokeshire. Good evening. It's a Monday night, 9 o'clock. It's time for back